Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back with a very special, jam-packed episode 150 of the Chick Foley Show. Not only is this the uh, the milestone 150th episode, it's close enough to the exact date that we're also going to go ahead and call this the three-year anniversary. So anybody mm-hmm. that's done a podcast, you know it takes a lot of work to keep showing up week after week. And uh, we're going to give ourselves the old Barry Horowitz pat on the back because we've done it for, for three straight years without missing that's a show. Right. Let me introduce the two people who have been most critical to the success and the longevity. Uh, first off, the star of the show, Sheena, how you doing? I am doing good. It is pretty wild. You know, I saw it come up in my memories that it was uh, the three-year anniversary of the Chick Foley show, and I just kind of like was like, three years? Holy crap, you know? So super stoked to celebrate this three-year anniversary with you guys and our 150th episode and how it all kind of lined up. So happy anniversary, fellas. Hell yeah. Marco, how's life up in Massachusetts? Good, good. Um, yeah, same same here. It's been been a crazy ride from from being a a listener of the uh, of the show to being on the show. Is that's right. It's, uh, pretty amazing. So yeah, you went from you went from the mailbag to the freaking penthouse, man. You exactly. know what I mean? Or the you were in the mail, <laughs> mail room. room. I went, I yeah. went from the from the streets to the suites. That's where I went. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Dan- Daniel Bryan had the yes movement. We had the Marco movement. Got him. The, the <laughs> listeners got him up to the uh, you know starring role on the show. From the uh, from from the opening match, uh, Shane, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. You can find Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. Most importantly, you can join our Foley fam at Chick Foley Show dot com. We got a new Halloween Havoc watch along. Uh, it's going to be posted this weekend. So stay tuned for that. It was Vader versus Cactus Jack. Just a freaking killer episode. We had a lot of fun. So that was um, last week. We got the uh, we got Halloween Havoc 95 coming up this weekend. Oh, my bad. So if you haven't already listened to the Cactus Jack versus Vader, sorry, it's been a long week for me. I traveled from Kentucky. I got here. My sister's been here the last few days. So time really is kind of just like jumbled up. But um, yeah, we're going to have some more Halloween Havoc effery for you guys. I'll keep it PG for the, uh, for the you know, standard show. But uh, yeah, so stay tuned for that. And if you haven't already watched our Cactus Jack for, or listened to our Cactus Jack versus Vader, definitely do that. Yeah, this, this upcoming one is actually the one that I'm most excited for out of all these. We're going to be doing Halloween Havoc 1995, uh, Man versus Man, Machine versus Machine. We're going to do the, uh, the monster truck battle that ended with <laughs> Hulk Hogan throwing the giant, a.k.a. the big show, a.k.a. Paul White, off the roof of Cobo Hall into, uh, you know, I don't know if it was one of the Great Lakes or what. It was something way up in Michigan, though. Looked pretty gnarly, but somehow the giant shows up 10 minutes later for a match. So, yep. pretty crazy. Again, peak WCW wildness, and uh, we're going to be bringing it to you guys in a watch along episode this weekend. So, uh, Marco, tell us what's new at the pod foundation this week. Uh, of course we start off the, uh, we start off the week, right? With, uh, the turnbuckle debate number 49. That's with, uh, Mike Belcaster. He joins the, uh, joins the crew for, uh, I'm not going to ramble off all the topics, but so just listen, yeah. you all, you know, it's going to be good with, if it's the, the, the debate crew and Belcaster, you know, it's good stuff. Yeah. yeah the debates are always good. That's they're always a good listen. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, turbuckle sessions this week, uh, the OG fig kid was out of commission. So they did the, uh, hot tag. So one half of the two bad chads 
shows up and uh and takes over the turnbuckle sessions for this week. So that was also a really good listen. Um, it, you know, it's a they do like kind of like a correlation between ECW and AEW, um, and how they kind of like they're similar in a sense, but you know they they take you through that whole scenario. So that's pretty that was pretty awesome. Um, episode twenty six of the Extra Cooler Show also shows up this week, so definitely uh, listen to that. They get to some scary scary segments um, from yesteryear, so uh, that's all, that's definitely a good listen. Um, and then obviously today uh, we have the. Uh, um, uh, Turnbuckle Tavern. They, you know, they do their interview sessions on Fridays, and they uh, interview the Suplex Assassin. That's Alex Kane um, today. So definitely listen to that. It's uh, that's definitely a good listen. It's, I mean, it it's you know, Pod Foundation. Like I said, they're the greatest uh, collective wrestling mind since the NWO. So I mean, we're the only place to get all aspects of wrestling. That's it. And I think that's they're it. going beyond wrestling now. I think I just saw Turnbuckle Tavern starting up their new uh, like. Full time, like broken. at the movies podcast. Yeah, it's like broken VCR. Yeah, yeah that's right. This guy's yeah. crazy, man. I, I'm jealous. I wish I had the time to invest <laughs> this much into this passion because I really have grown to love uh, podcasting. It's just a nice way to relax and kind of get you know caught up with my people on what's happening Definitely. this week in wrestling. Uh, Sheen, you ready to give away some figures? Of course, always. All right, so show off what we're giving away this week. It is the top picks Goldberg. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see where this guy goes. Uh, on the next ringside top 10, you know, this figure, I think the, re- the excitement was a little bit flat for this because it's basically a re-release of, uh, you know, old man Goldberg we got before, but he put on a banger of a match against Bobby Lashley, pro- arguably the best match that uh, Goldberg's had since yeah. probably since WrestleMania 33 against Brock, you know, and depending on your flavor of wrestling, you could say it's his best match since he came back, but uh, you don't mess with his kid, man. You know, yeah, no. he went off, man. That, that spear <laughs> off the ramp was pretty impressive for a guy his age. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and give it away. This was going to uh, basically anybody who sent in proof of listening to last week's episode. I'm going to hit the drums. Whoops. There we go. Watch. The winner of the Top Picks Goldberg is at father underscore son underscore wrestling figures. So make sure you slide into either mine or Marco's DMs on Instagram or the Twitter machine and send us your details and we will get Goldberg all the way over to you. So congrats, ma'am. Yeah, and they have a... If you go to their Instagram profile, they got a link to their YouTube channel as well. So, you know, they support us. We'll support them. Head over and check right. it out. It's always cool when you get the youngsters involved in the uh, in the figure collecting. So definitely big supporters of everything they got going on. And let's show off what we're giving away next week, Sheen. We are giving away a complete with rib wrap. We Damian talked about how the rib wrap, Priest. the most coveted accessory in uh, wrestling figure yep. uh, history. You know, you got to have the rib wrap, even though it does literally nothing for you. But this is his first time in the line basic. So if you're a, uh, yeah, I know there's some people out there that they really only collect first time in the line figures. So it's going to be a good piece to have, especially if Damian Priest really ends up uh, blowing up and become the, becoming the main eventer. He's got the potential to be. So uh, same same setup for this. Just send a screenshot to either Marco or Sheena uh, showing that you listen to this week's show and you'll be entered to win and we'll announce it at the start of next week. Uh, we want to remind you guys to use code Chick Foley at Ringside Collectibles to save 10% on all your orders. They got some great stuff up this week. The uh, Legend Series 7 actually somehow popped back up on there, even though that was yeah. a Target exclusive. I guess they got some overstock. Instead of going to Big Lots, it went to uh, to Ringside. So they got those up. The um, 
the Switchblade, Jay White, his figure is up for pre-order on there. And then Ultimate mm-hmm. Edition, Canon Undertaker came back in stock. So that was kind of the ringside highlights for this week. They uh, have their guys... Halloween sale is still ongoing too. So oh, yeah, definitely. make sure that you are checking that out and, uh, you know, scanning. And there's like, you know, 14 different pages of figs, I think. So yeah, they do it big on their, on their, uh, their holiday sales. That's a good chance to go back and catch up on anything you may have, may have missed out on or started having, you know, FOMO after you saw other people getting over the last couple months and you can save a couple bucks and then, uh, you know, use code chick to save a couple more. Um, so for the format this week, we're going to start with a brief review of crown jewel before, we just give it over to the listeners and, and basically hit like all listener mail for the uh, the second half of the episode. So it's not going to be your normal Chick Foley show. We want to kind of freestyle it a little bit and just thank all the listeners because it's really you guys that, that motivate us and, and keep us coming back week after week to to do the show. But we'll start with Crown Jewel. So it was another afternoon pay-per-view. I felt like we were back in Hawaii, Sheen. I know, it uh, did. Watching a pay-per-view in the middle of the day. Um, Marco, kick us off, man. What were kind of your overall thoughts of, of the show yesterday afternoon? Um. I actually, I actually uh, jumped on it late. Um, I totally forgot. I was like on at twelve uh, p.m. Eastern, yep. uh, so it was like around like one one thirty ish. I was like, "Holy crap! I forgot this was on." Um, so I was like, I, vo- I didn't pick up my phone at all. Kept it down. Um, went up and just like you know started from the beginning and watched it. Um, I thought it was probably one of the best pay per views this past year. Just yeah. overall, there was really no down. It was like. Uh, it's almost like a they treat that as kind of like a WrestleMania mm-hmm. in a sense. So like, you know, I was always I was expecting there was going to be all the matches going to be top tier. Um, and, and if you look at the card as a whole, like they literally pulled out like all the stops for it. Um, yeah, the presentation was was amazing. Um, the matches That's incredible. Yeah, yeah it was a, the 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 stage setup. Uh, just from top to bottom, I thought they, I thought it was a really, really yeah, great pay per view. The crowd was really hot the whole time, which was yeah. you know unique for those type of pay per views. You know, in the past we've kind of seen like the crowd is a little bit different. You know, just like I don't know cultural differences or whatever. It just kind of was like not yeah. the same WWE crowd that you're used to. Um, but everything looked good. The crowd was hot, Um, you know, and everything we're going to talk about this pay-per-view, you know, we don't talk politics on this. There's too many platforms where you can find like your political BS. So all that is aside, we're strictly talking about wrestling. So regardless of how you feel about the, you know, controversial deal between Saudi Arabia and WWE, that has nothing to do with, you know, how we're, how we're viewing these matches, how we're viewing this event. So uh, we're talking strictly in ring action and you know how, how it all looked and all that kind of stuff. But I thought, again, I, I agree with you, Marco. I thought it was one of the best pay-per-views of the year. Just sad that it, you know, they like we don't get this on the, in the homeland, you know, I'm just like, crap, you know, this is such a good, this is such a good uh, pay-per-view. And like some of the pay-per-views that we've had, you know, here have been stinkers. So yeah, anyway. it was good. Uh, you know, I'm a details guy. I was paying attention to the crowd because I definitely noticed early on, right from the the Seth and Edge Hill in the Cell match, that the crowd was just hot, like way more mm-hmm. so than it's been at previous shows. And if you look closely, I think they changed the actual setup of the arena. Um, there are a lot of yes. hardcore um, Saudi fans uh, of pro wrestling and WWE specifically. It seemed like they moved like the elite, you know, the upper class, the guys you can just tell are like, you know, got that oil money. It looked like they were all up in luxury booths, up in yes. like, you know, what would typically be the, the hundred section or the lower bowl. Remember they had like, it like was the up- big chairs and recliners there in years past, like the big, like, yeah, like and you would the see the guys in stuff. the full, uh, in the full traditional garb, you know, the, yeah. the robes and everything. Whereas, um, uh, you know, t- this time it was all younger folks in, um, in t-shirts and wrestling gear. And they looked like they were really into the product. And yes. I think that just helped carry through the whole arena. You didn't just have this kind of dead area, uh, just kind of silently watching right, right around ringside. So yeah, I was a big fan too. 
really great show. Um, I thought the ladies killed it in the triple threat match, even though it's always awkward um, seeing them not in their normal ring gear. But yeah, that was a hell of a match. Um, to me, match of the night, I think it was Seth and Edge, though. They stole oh, it. Yeah. I, I think that's inarguable. I think there's just no denying yeah. that that was 100% the match of the night. Yeah, I think that's going to end up being a match of the year candidate. It's one of the best Hell in the Cell matches we've seen. <laughs> Maybe since I came back to watching wrestling, it was yeah. a hell of a match. And, and dude, that's what we're talking about. Why those, that, that kind of match, sorry to cut you off, Seth, that kind of match, like that deserves a hell in a cell. That's why it was so good is because we have built this edge. Like this thing has been going on for so long and then we, we've built it to a fever pitch to where it's like this match deserves a cell, right? And it, it, it paid off. Like it was so good. It was so brutal. It was so hardcore. Like it was just amazing. Yeah, and I thought that their whole feud was just excellent. You know, I'm hoping that... WWE does the right thing and lets both guys move on to something else. You could always bring them back later on, but this was perfect because, you know, Edge, he won the feud because he won two out of the three matches, but I don't think Seth lost anything because both the matches that, that, you know, yesterday he really lost just because he got overconfident and wanted to keep mm-hmm. power on the punishment and made a mistake. The one match that Seth won, it was the most decisive match of the feud. You know, Edge got stretched out of Madison Square Garden. I mean, Edge or Seth basically beat him to a pulp in the match mm-hmm. that he won. So um, even though Edge came out on top, I think both guys are heading over to Monday Night Raw with a ton of steam. And yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to going back and watching that match again. That that spot where Seth got knocked off the top rope into the cell, then through a table was just crazy, yeah. man. Like, I don't know. I, I love that match. Uh, Barco, what was your match Listen, of the night? Go ahead. Oh, it's it's definitely that one. Um, you, you can't you can't let up on the uh, on Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Though. That that match was, was pretty good. intense too, as well. It was pretty crazy. Um, it's always it was always great seeing you know it's kind of weird seeing Brock Lesnar as the as the face in a match and like that that crowd was hot for Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean yeah, they were chanting both. Pop. They were going you know yeah they're they're chanting both names, but it was yeah that, that match was uh, pretty insane. And obviously you knew it was going to happen with you know the rest of the bloodline guys coming out and you know stopping it but the the i that's my favorite match because of not because of the wrestling mainly because uh paul Heyman was he wasn't like animated at all like he was stoic throughout the whole match if you guys noticed um, we still don't know what side paul's on he, yeah paul exactly. was we don't know what he meant I think to he do was when with he the winner in, one way or the other yeah so like just just that obviously loved loved that even loved the Bobby Lashley and Goldberg match we talked yeah, about that it was a little bit mm-hmm. earlier. That match, was, that match was insane and I mean not to throw any more fuel on the fire but I on social media a lot of people are saying uh, this pay per view was actually better than the than the there was a competitor pay per view where they pulled out all these new guys coming into the into the show I'm not going <laughs> to say any names they do have three letters in their company but yeah a lot of people are saying it was better than I'm going to say it all out. A lot of people say Crown Jewel as a whole, like just presentation, uh, match card, um, just overall look and feel. Um, It it was a lot of people saying it was better than All Out for pay per view of the year. Because right now, obviously, All Out with you know who they had debut at the end and all that stuff is pretty much you know pay per view of the year. Like that's like no like no questions, no ifs ands or buts. But now you have Crown Jewel, this like weird like offshoot of a pay per view come out and just like just completely dominated from like, like I said, top to bottom. I don't think I was not entertained by any match on there. I think every match was pretty. I mean, I think they're all good. I don't think there's any down matches for me anyway, personally. Yeah. I thought, um, the, the women's triple threat was really good too. Again, like Seth said, um, despite there being like, you know, um, the weird ring gear, which always kind of takes you out of it. I feel like they did a good job just like, you know, 
just a good job in their performance to kind of just buy you back in, regardless of what they were yeah. wearing, you know, and it kind of just being like, this is awkward, you know, because it all, I mean, as a woman, I think it's different for me because I'm watching it and it just feels a little bit different, you know, because I know like the, you know, the I'm not going to talk about politics, but the, you know, why they're having to cover up and all that kind of stuff, which just kind of like, yeah. you know, irks me. And again, not saying our way is the right way, but it's just, you know, different, but I thought it was an excellent match. And overall the, um, the pay-per-view was, was excellent. Yeah, even like the like it, we didn't even mention the 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 new king and queen of WWE, oh, yeah. Xavier Woods and Azalina Vega. Dude, that was, let me just tell you, I, that was so I'm so happy for Xavier. However, um, he did mess up my perfect card because you know I don't know I don't know I just kind of like even once that match started like. I was just like, there's no way they're going to let Xavier beat Finn. Like Finn needs this win really. He needs, this, was- <laughs> he needs this big win. You know what I mean? I just yeah. thought like, you know, he's, he's kind of just paid his dues already. He's lost a bunch of men. He lost against Roman, you know? So surely this was going to be the moment that the, they throw Finn a bone, you know? Yep. Um, and so I picked him and then obviously Xavier won, which I'm super happy. And then he cut that amazing, um, that amazing promo at the end, which I just thought was just, you know, so Xavier and it was perfect. And then Zelina, um, you know, that match, that, that whole, the whole women's, um, uh, what's it called? The, the Queens, the Queen's crown tournament. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. Well, I always want to say Queen of the Queen of the Ring. Yeah, I mean, we all know. Yeah, I always want to really say is. Queen of the Ring, but I, uh, that's not it. So the Queen's Crown tournament, that whole thing was just kind of like poo poo. It was like meh. And uh, the the Zelina do drop match wasn't much better, but I am happy and I'm excited to see what Zelina does with um with the Queen gimmick that she's gonna be that she's gonna be given because I mean she's so animated and just amazing. So I'm sure whatever she does is gonna be a hit. Yeah, I had to I had to step away from it. If you guys heard the uh, the baby face got up, he had to. Uh, he got up to go, you know, take a leak, and then he was having trouble getting his PJs back up. So had to help him out. <laughs> I know. He needed well, a shot of water. Heard, you know, it's so funny, you know, just to, to break the fourth wall here really quickly. I heard, like, little footsteps. You know, and as a mom, you have that kind of, like, gut instinct. I'm like, dude, one of my kids is awake. I mean, I, obviously, yep. I knew it was Brett. I mean, I knew Stella wasn't, like, climbing out of her crib. But I was like, dude, Brett is freaking awake. And then all of a sudden, I heard, mama, dad, dad. I was like, oh, man. And yeah, Seth, was- Seth is upstairs, so he can hear, you know, he could hear him. So he had to get up and put him, put him back to bed but he just uh, needed some yeah. help he went yeah he actually went you know he went he went pp by himself but then he just needed a uh a little help getting back tucked in so that's you guys <laughs> yeah. parent corner for uh, the 150th episode if you guys remember you know the breath the baby face you know he he's our world but he was uh he was really healing off on the podcast for probably the first like 100 or so episodes he was just yeah having a hell of a time sleeping through it. So it was basically a weekly occurrence that either me or Sheena were have to dip out for about, you know, six or seven minutes in the middle of the show. So yeah, we got that it sorted was, out early this year. So that's why we've been, uh, we've been pretty good. But, remember, you know. And even Marco did, you know, like we talked about, uh, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of getting off topic of crown jewel here really quickly, but since it is the 150th episode, I, I just want to let you guys in on, on some, you know, behind the scenes stuff. Like there were times I had to go get the baby and I would literally do the podcast. Like I would be starting the podcast and I would have to run upstairs. Like while, you know, Marco's still talking, run upstairs, grab the baby, come back downstairs and like rock her while I am finishing the podcast. You know, like nobody ever knew that there was like a baby in my lap during like all those episodes. Because you guys remember Seth was gone. Seth was deployed. And so it was just me. Yeah. And then so I would come down and like rock Stella while I was uh, while I was finishing podcasting. So that's that just goes to show you like how crazy it is that we've recorded 150 regular Chick Foley show episodes uh, and just showed up every, you know, every week for three years. So again, we're going to give ourselves a little pat on the back. 
Yeah, that was uh, yeah. So that was a little throwback for the longtime listeners. Another interruption from uh, from Brett the Babyface. Um, so I think you guys were discussing kind of like the letdown or low points of the night. Uh, when I jump back in, uh, yeah, not really the letdowns. Yeah, we were just kind of discussing, you know, just the the fringe, the things that weren't like the super highlights. You know, we didn't talk about any real stinkers. You know, I mean, obviously the dude dropped Zelina Vega match, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't feel like there was anything that was like a hardcore like you know flat line. So one thing uh, that I think is kind of kind of played out on the Saudi shows is. Uh, you know, Mansoor getting his, you know, every six months uh, yeah. push, you know, I feel like because yeah. he's a good, he's a really talented guy. This is nothing against him. He's a talented wrestler. I think he's above that, you know, because it's starting to become yeah. transparent. Like, the first time they did it, it was cool. We get, we're giving the guy a moment in front of his hometown crowd. I've heard him called but, Saudi taker now. You know, yeah, that's exactly. what they're calling him. Yeah, he's got the streak like <laughs> the Undertaker at WrestleMania going on these Saudi shows. Um, I just think it would he's good enough that they could just do it organically. We don't need to have him once every six months. Get, yeah. a, get a little mini push so he can have his moment and then just kind of fade back into the the lower card on Raw. So I, I think we could phase that out and let's just give the guy a legit push year round and let him have a match. Um, yeah. It ain't got to be something that we just shoehorn into the card to to get the Saudi guy. That was a fun match. I thought I thought Ali yeah. and Mansoor yeah, was Yeah, the match was, was fine. It's just really great. It's something that we've seen so many times now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you that, had no doubt. Like I had zero doubt that like Mansoor was going to win that match. Like when I was yeah. picking my picks, like that was like a, you know, lock i was like oh there's no way that he's losing this you know yeah definitely um any closing thoughts on crown jewel no we'll be we'll be back in saudi arabia in february i think so uh we can look forward to that all right let's uh let's have a drink before we dive into this gigantic mailbag Sheen, you can get started. What are you sipping on for this uh, momentous episode? So for the 150th episode, it would be a shame to sip on anything other than Broken Skull IPA. You guys know the deal. El Segundo Brewing Company, Stone Cold, Steve Austin. Um, you know, I'm keeping it with the, the holiday theme. I do have my little shop of gore, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas koozie here. And I bro, have, uh, bro, you know, there's, bro, a skull, there's a skull in the can. Did you what? take the last broken skull ipa out of the fridge it's the coldest beer in the fridge it was all the way in the back it was <laughs> like you the first... if you could drink the last broken skull ipa damn i i don't i didn't think i had to ask you're like you the expert I mean? on supply chain issues you know it's inconsistent supply <laughs> of broken skull ipa man oh that my is... God. listen before the show <laughs> seth I, seth was running me down did you not did you not say there was broken skull ipa in the fridge you got my you got my mouth fixed for a broken yes, skull and, and then you you're, said, gonna, then you're uh, gonna pull the rug out from under me you know what i mean yeah i forget what you i forget what you picked but you definitely didn't pick broken skull ipa so i was i was going I through told this you whole... i was still thinking what i was gonna drink during this show but you know what here we go what a heel move. There she goes, right there. All I was right, finishing Mark. up a Red Bull during the Crown Jewel segment, so this is my first sip of uh, Broken Skull IPA. Marco, what are you drinking, man? I was going to say, so that concludes episode 150 of the uh, Chick Foley show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sheena, tell you, tell me you can, uh, be fun. No, Where you but, can uh, find us on social media. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, um, yeah, so, <laughs> um, so I have this uh, beer called uh, Spider Gates. It's from the Timber Yard Brewing Company. I'm not sure if you can Ooh. see the can. Look at that. That's that cool. can's pretty cool. It's like a what's the uh, what's the description on this thing? Very cool. Depth, can. The can. So it's so I kept it Halloween. So it is a pumpkin ale. It's a brown ale brewed with local pumpkin and fresh ground spices. Mm. And this is um, uh, proudly brewed in can in East Brookfield, Massachusetts. Um, if there's one thing in Massachusetts and in Maine, 
it's tons of breweries. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this like East Coast is like the like the brewery capital of. Well, you guys got United Sam States, Adams. But. Sam Adams was the original craft beer. Yeah, and uh, no, no, it's like it's just literally the if so if you go to Maine, right? There's a there's you could do like a brewery tour. So there's like literally breweries like one after another on this like whole strip of land. Nice. Um, it, it's it's pretty insane, but yeah, this it's actually I, I wasn't expecting it to be like this. It's like a dark kind of like yeah, it's almost like a stout, but yeah. it isn't. It's an ale. It's actually really good. I thought there but, was going to be like actual ground up spiders in there. I, I mean, I you know I have no choice. I just drink it anyway. Whatever. I know. What's the, uh, what's the ABV <laughs> on that bad boy? Uh, it's only six. Only six. That's pretty heavy, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've we've had heavier on here, but six is still a stout beer. That's when yeah. you know you're a craft yeah. beer drinker when you're like, oh yeah, it's we don't, only we don't have six, we don't have uh, we don't have Jordan on the show this week. You don't got to try to stunt and say only six. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For most people, anything over five, they're drinking like two of them, and they're they're gonna be freaking rocked. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm uh I'm I got a whole I got a, me a custom six pack up here, and I'm starting off with the uh, the Juice Bomb IPA. We've had this on here before, but. Very delicious, juicy uh, IPA. Probably my favorite flavor of uh, a craft beer right now. And yeah, um, Shane, you want to get us started on this supersized edition of the mailbag? Let's go. Should we have 21 questions planned for the entire, you know, 30, 40 minutes we're going to do this? Yeah, that's right. No, <laughs> we'll just put it down real low, you know? No, we're good. Let's kick it off. All right. This one comes in from our man, Tony Barker. He says, when you started the podcast, what were your ultimate goals and hopes? 150 shows is incredible, and you should be proud of what you've built. Love you guys. We love you too, Tony. I mean, Sheen, you're the only one that's been here since the start. I think you're really the only one qualified to answer this question. Yeah. You know, I I don't think I really like, you know, I didn't like set out and have this big like vision of what I wanted from the podcast or anything. You know, I felt like it was just kind of like the next organic step, you know, because I felt like there was such a community within the the Chick Foley like Instagram and stuff. And we had, you know, we have tons of, you know, people that follow our account and stuff like that. But uh, we have we have a pretty like a smaller, loyal fan base that like has showed up since the beginning and it's and it's grown and i thought it would be a really cool way to like have a more long form way to to serve that community you know than just like the regular posts and we were doing a lot more stuff with unboxamania on the instagram stories and stuff like that so it just kind of seemed like the next step um and my goal was just like hopefully that people would listen and not just completely thrash and like cancel the Chick Foley <laughs> brand, you know. Um, I was super, super nervous. Thank God, you know, Seth continues to like push me outside of my comfort zone because I was like, I don't think I'm going to do this. I don't think I'm going to do this, you know. And Seth was like, Yes, you are. So um, to see where it's come and like how many people that we have listening, and you know that we have people from all over the world that tune in every week, like that. That is just beyond what I ever set out and hoped for with with the podcast. And I'm so fortunate to get to do it with, you know. Marco and Seth and you know Jordan when he jumps on with us and uh you know the community that we've built on Facebook and everything like our 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 true Foley fam um you know it's just it's just been amazing so thank you all for listening and thanks a special thanks to our Foley fam for making it just even more personal and more fun and uh you know being there as our loyal supporters uh all the way hell yeah yeah, it is cool always seeing the uh, the international listeners. I think Greece for a while there, that was like our biggest country outside of the UK and Canada. I think that was our buddy, uh, WWE figure artist who was, who was yeah. my sub, getting us some juice over there. <laughs> uh, what we got next, Shane? Um, I'm going to throw this one out to uh, the heel husband. If you could rewrite a historic wrestling event, 
Which event and how would you rewrite it? Hmm. So we're going historic. This is, oh, sorry. And this is from, did I say it's from Shane Tanisir, our guy Shane Tanisir? That's a good question. Um, one booking decision that never sat right with me was the um, the way the Iron Man match ended at WrestleMania 12 with it mm. going to mm-hmm. a draw. I felt like it would have been better. It would have left more meat on the bone for um, for Sean and Brett if the ending would have had a little bit more controversy on the overtime. Because, you know, so Brett had him in the sharpshooter, like locked in. Like Sean wasn't going anywhere. Sharpshooter, center of the ring. So Brett really had the match won. And then they they restarted with overtime. You know, that goddamn gorilla monsoon restarted <laughs> yeah. the match. And uh, it went for like a minute and a half. And Sean kicks Brett in the face twice and pins him. I felt like... I feel like the overtime, either they should have made the Ironman match shorter, maybe make it 30 minutes and then let the overtime go longer. I think it mm-hmm. shouldn't have been as decisive of a win for Sean. Um, and I think it would have made the rematch that obviously we never really got. I think it would have made it that much better. All right. That is an excellent answer to that question. And I I don't disagree with that at all. Um I'm going to throw this one to Marco. This is uh, from Zach Hertzler. He says, do you guys think wrestling would be even better if we didn't have everyone um, – Spoiling wrestling news. Example, like in recent mm-hmm. months, a lot of talk about AEW signing uh, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, etc. And then they showed up. So basically, do you think it would just be better if we were back in the in the dark ages where you like, had to search for dirt sheets? You know, it's funny. I actually think about this all, uh, all the time. Every time I like see like some type of like like crazy comment from somebody or just like some type of editorial or anything like that. I always I always think of that like I wish it was like back like back in my day, that type of thing. Like <laughs> yeah. when, when you didn't have, when you, there aren't so many voices. I think that this is, I think this is like one of the uh, topics we had on this show, like, like maybe last year, or the year before where, you know, if, you know, social media um, had like a, you know, impact on how we view, you know, wrestling in general um, with so many voices and so many people being able, even us like comment, commentating yeah. on things. But like, yeah, I think, I think, you know, I think we need to tone it down a little bit when it comes to like just just commenting on everything just gets a little tedious for me personally. Like you're on Instagram, I'm on Twitter. Yeah, you see, like I see it literally all day, every day. Just like just it's it, it gets out of hand. I think everybody I wish, has a platform. Everybody has a voice. Yeah, and even if yeah. there were spoilers back in the day, like they you know they were coming from people who at least maybe possibly had some sort of you know insider information right like something got leaked or whatever whereas now it's just everybody just throwing their assumptions out into the wind or throwing their fantasy booking or what they think they heard or what their interpretation of what they read or what they saw um you know i don't think it's again it's it's subjective i'm glad that we have like this you know open dialogue where we we all know that it's all you know predetermined and there's all this stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know about and we can kind of talk about it and fantasy book it and all that. And I think it's cool. Um, And again, we do real time updates on our Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I can't be like, you know, don't be out there spoiling stuff because I know that I know for a fact that I've spoiled (laughs) stuff for many, many people out there in the world. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Like I, I try to stay away from all that stuff, you know, but it's kind of hard because we, talk about it on the podcast you know so yeah. what, how do you how do you feel Seth what do you what is spe- what's your the speculation is great if we didn't have that I don't think there's a lot of people that they like following all the behind the scenes uh maneuvering and stuff better than the actual mm-hmm. in-ring action and what that does that's true all the speculation like, there's some of it that's annoying I think Marco you nailed it kind of like the constant bickering and like some of the 
really just kind of toxic debates that spring up about shit that may not even end up happening. That stuff could go away. But the actual like, you know, fantasy booking, speculating rumors. I think that's great because that's what makes wrestling a 24 seven, 365 hobby. If it wasn't for that, it would just be, you know, tune in to watch the shows and that's it. And outright spoilers like off of like tape shows and stuff like that. That's lame. Or like when you say like 100% this is going to happen, that's lame. But the speculation and like the strong hints, I think that really makes moments. Like I think arguably the biggest moment of this year was when CM Punk debuted on Rampage. And the reason that moment was kind of so like, I mean, I say orgasmic. That was really kind of like what that pop was like. I mean, it was huge. The reason Mm -hmm. it was is because everybody basically, without knowing it was happening, everybody knew it was going to happen. And that let it just build to a fever pitch. So as soon as that guitar hit on Cult of Personality, it was just an explosion. Um, Similar thing when Daniel Bryan came out at um, at All Out. You know, that one was so huge because people were just expecting him. But before we got him, who we were all kind of, you know, waiting to see, we had Adam Cole, which was a real shocker. You know, so we hear Adam Cole... That kind of threw everybody off. And then when, you know, Flight of the Valkyries hit, uh, you know, people just went off again. So I, I think the that was a night. Oh, my gosh. That was such a night, dude. Oh, my yeah. Just, yeah, like, I, just yeah, you talking about that, like reliving it. I'm like, oh, dude, that was such a wonderful night. I was gonna, just to add to it. Like what I what I like, too, is just to like piggyback off of you, Seth. Is like I like when that speculation comes from the source itself. So like like CM Punk or Daniel Drop Bryan. Or, teasers, man. Or, yeah, little even Edge. When Edge made his re- yeah, when his Ed when he made that return at Royal Rumble and he posted that like old picture of like his like gear. That picture's yeah. old. That that picture's yeah. been floating around for like years. So like people like are but that was from him. He tweeted that out himself. So he he like threw uh, fuel to the fire. So like I like when that happens when like the person you have in mind is also like, you know, you you'll engage in that speculation that they're, you know, gonna return or, you know, yeah. do whatever. So that that's not bad. Um I always think like like back in the day, like what if like if if social media existed with like Hulk Hogan or like Ric Flair around, are they, would they be as over as as they are now? Like would they be these icons in wrestling, or would they just be some guys that like people constantly bickered about and saying like, oh was, they suck, yeah. they're overrated. Yeah. All he does is a leg drop. All he does 100%. is one hundred percent. One hundred percent, it would be like that. I don't think yeah. they would be the because one of the cool things about you know the thing. That those guys' legacy is that they were so protected and their their the gimmicks, yeah, they were myst- they're mysterious. You know what I mean? Like you didn't. All you ever see saw those- was Hulk Hogan. You didn't see Terry Bollea. Exactly. Yep. So yeah, they, those guys were protected and they were very protective of their gimmicks. Um, and that's what you know. That's what made wrestling so amazing back then. Is just because these superheroes came on and you knew that they had lives outside of wrestling. But it was like I didn't know that. I thought Hulk <laughs> just was in the back of a WWE eighteen wheeler and then they you know just showed they just up to pack the next him town. up and then yeah. uh, just- un- uncage him. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that's that. Funny. Oh man, uh, you guys want right. to give away our first uh, special edition chicky? Oh, sure. Yeah, let's do so that. So you guys know we have the uh, the Chickies or our year-end award show we do every year, but in commemoration of episode 150 and the three-year anniversary, um, we're going to do special Chickies encompassing the entire Chick Foley show era. So this is basically from 2018, October until now. Um, we'll kick mm-hmm. it off with the, the best match of the Chick Foley show era. So Sheena, you can go first. So this is really tough because there's been some amazing matches, especially, you know, since AEW's come in the mix and, you know, that you ha- you expand a little bit um, and you have more matches to watch. So this was really hard to narrow down. So I was just kind of going with something that I felt like was super memorable for me. Um, and it really it was like the first 
pay-per-view that we talked about on the Chick-fil-A show, which I think is also very, um, you know, memorable. It was uh, Evolution. So it was like October 28th, uh, 2018. And uh, it was like, you know, right after we started the Chick-fil-A show on the on the 18th. And Becky and Charlotte had a last woman standing match. And it was just incredible. You know, it was the first all women's first and only all women's pay-per-view. And then it was the first ever um, last women's standing match. So it was just a hell of a match. You know, both ladies just left it all on the mat and uh, just a historic moment. So and and super memorable, like I said, because it happened like right after we kind of like, you know, debuted the Chick-fil-A show. So I'm going to go with with that for the the best match of the Chick-fil-A show era. Marco, what do you got, man? Uh, man, if we're going to go with, you know, kind of like things that are near and dear for matches, you know, I, obviously I want to go to like the, the Tyler Bate versus Walter. Oh yeah. That, obviously that was like an awesome match. Um, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, uh, I, I, I got to go back WrestleMania 35. I knew you were uh, going to say that. Kofi yeah. Kingston and Daniel Bryan. I mean, the match itself is really, I mean, that, that match was like the pinnacle of that WrestleMania. Like they could, I mean, obviously in hindsight, that could have been the main event, um, by that time, like literally all the fans in that arena, like they just literally soaked up all that energy because after that match, it was pretty much, you know, they're yeah. all tired after that. But, um, uh, but yeah, no, I definitely go back to that. Cause that was the first time I was on the show and I, you know, spoke about, like we did the, the, the recap mm-hmm. of uh, WrestleMania 35 and yeah, no, that's, that's definitely, and the match itself is, is awesome. I always, I like to go back and watch it just like, you know, in hindsight, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. You still get that, like feel of Kofi Mania and all the stuff that he's been through and oh, yeah. mm-hmm. all that stuff. So yeah, no, definitely, definitely that match right there. Excellent choice. I'm going to go with a WrestleMania 35 rematch, the main event from SummerSlam 2019, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. So this is Brock had uh, cashed in on Seth at the, the extreme rules the month before to take back the universal title. This was their rematch. I think it's the the biggest win anybody's gotten over Brock since he's been back. There's a few people that have beaten Brock, but it's almost always involved some uh, some hijinks. And then Drew had the weird win at WrestleMania 36 <laughs> to an empty arena. But this was Seth going one-on-one with Brock, put him through a table, curb stomped him three times. Um, it was just a really awesome match. One of my favorite Brock matches since he's been back Seth, as well, Seth so. had a rib wrap in that match, he if had I'm, a rib yeah, wrap. I'm remembering yeah. correctly. Magical. Yeah. Magical rib wrap. The magical again, you rib could, wrap. You could, re- you could recreate that if you enter to win this uh, Damian Priest figure we're giving away this week, you know? That's right. Perfect accessory. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get back to some uh, some mailbag, Sheen. All right. This one comes in from our buddy Kenny from at the call up. He says, first, congratulations on three years. Second, my question is, how do you feel about the Chick-fil-A show being such a huge part of the figure community? Um, I'll start this off. It's still always weird to me when people say stuff like that, you know, like, oh, how does it feel to be such a huge part of the figure community? You know, because to me, we still just feel like, you know, just normies, you know, we're just normie nerds talking about wrestling, collecting wrestling figures. I have this wall of wrestling figures behind me. (laughs) Anybody watching on YouTube right now can see it. (laughs) It's so funny because, you know, we were doing that before any of this Chick-fil-A show stuff started. You know, we were collecting figures and displaying them and doing all the things we were doing, like I said before, Unboxing Mania. And doing all kinds of stuff on the Instagram account. We have our Instagram championship wrestling. You can search the hashtag and go back and, you know, get all, get caught up on all the Instagram championship wrestling that we've done over the years. And all of that stuff precedes uh, the Chick Foley show. You know, we were buying stuff from ringside and promoting ringside without ever dreaming of like partnering with ringside, which has been so cool. And, you know, being, being a part of the figure community has brought us some really amazing 
talented people um, that we we are so lucky to call friends now. And, you know, like I said, it's been cool to connect with, you know, action figure attack, Steve, like he's just a great guy, Jeremy Padauer, all people that, you know, we, you know, we wouldn't have connected with had we not had this super nerdy, super niche Corporate hobby. Steve at ringside. Corporate Steve. Yeah. I can't say enough good things about him. Like, you know, he's been amazing, a partner with us and getting um, blocked you know, by big shot bill getting oh, blocked. Boy. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And it's funny, you know, now ghostbusters are such a huge part of my life. Um, because my son is obsessed with ghostbusters and I'm pretty and sure. And, and Stella, yeah, Stella's obsessed with ghostbusters too. True. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure, I don't know exactly when it happened because there was never any like confrontation, but I'm pretty sure posting those leaked photos, of the Ghostbusters um, WWE figures is what got me blocked by Bill because I remember specifically Matt Cardona like going off on people for posting those leaked photos and I was like, well, I'm not taking it down. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not taking it down. And I think Bill maybe saw it or you know saw that we had posted it and uh, just like just blocked me. So. Yeah, I mean it's wrestling figures. It's not like it's like the blueprints to one of our like you know nuclear submarines or something. Like I don't really yeah. know what the. <laughs> May as well, you know, to, to someone like Bill, you know, like that's his livelihood. So it may as well be the the nuclear codes. But uh, and I don't understand yeah. what he thinks is going to happen, like because there wasn't even a competitor back then. But what, like exactly, like, these going to leak out and like Jazzwares is going to go run into the factory and make their own like AEW <laughs> Ghostbusters or something. Come on, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And if anything, it got more hype for the actual figures. Like when the stuff like that happens, people are like freaking, you know. uh, ferocious they're like you know on the internet like oh my gosh let's see more pictures where did you get these pictures yeah, you know you see the shady leaks that you're like okay this looks really cool is this even legit yeah that gets yeah. you kind of baited up for the official photos and then once you do those it's like all right game the fuck on like let's yeah give me these figures you know so yeah you, <laughs> those are like just a little teaser you know they're yeah. like a little like shower beer before you go hit the party and get wasted so yeah, exactly. I, don't know what the, I, I really don't understand what the big deal is. It, it I'm pretty sure. Make, I mean, like I said, that's that's as far as I can date it back because after that, like no, that's when I started. Was, yeah, it was definitely that because it was very shortly after. It was we noticed it like within a day. Yeah, because we always we always checked Bill's Instagram and stuff like that, and it was like very shortly after that that I was like, why? I was like, why can't I find Bill? And then I went and clicked on his name again, and it was like you know no account, and I was like, oh shit, I done got blocked by freaking. Oh man, Big yeah, Bill, and it was you know? it was a good photo of him. It was something that would get yeah. people excited. I could see it if like you got some like weird shot of a figure that was like you know at fifty percent like work in progress mm-hmm. and posted it up before yeah. it was ready to be seen. But these things yeah. were like you know they were ready for people to see them. Yeah, uh, I think the, it was more so that somebody actually like had the audacity to steal the figures from, you know, wherever they were and take the pictures and right. you know, release them. I, I get it. But again, you can't expect. I mean, like I, I, I'm not under any sort of obligation to Mattel not to post that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Exactly, like, yeah. I don't have a I don't have a deal with Mattel where they're like, no, don't, you know, yeah, keep our keep our secrets. Assist. Yeah, yeah. Cut, <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. If Big Shot Bill or Action Figure Attack are listening, cut the check, man. We'll we, we will go. We will be your uh, task force. <laughs> yeah. taking down every I'll, illegal I'll, post we see. Exactly. I will go and troll people until they until they like bend and take down you know all their all their content that is I mean, stolen and or you know leaked. Same thing. Same yeah. thing with Jeremy, man. I see. Uh, I've seen a few uh, some leaked images of of a uh, upcoming. Yeah. Um, Jazzwares figure. That we'll I'm get in a bidding say. war. We'll, 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 we'll be in a bidding you know war. We'll, we will work with the <laughs> highest bidder, whether it's Jazzwares or Mattel, whoever wants to come with the, come to us with the we'll check. You know what down. I mean? Yeah, 
Exactly. Um, but getting back to the question at hand, I think it's really cool. And again, it's just super fun. And we've been able to be a part of some really cool things. And like I said, meet some really cool artists and figure photographers and customizers. And, you know, even even outside of the show, just being a part of the, the WWE figure community has just been so amazing because there are some seriously cool, talented, amazing humans out there doing cool stuff. So shout out to all you guys. You know who you are. We shout you out on the regular on the Instagram account and all of that. So thank you, Kenny, for that question. This one is from our good buddy, Shoes Up, Sleeves Down, fully fan member. He says, um, let's pull this up for listener mail. You're performing at WrestleMania. Any role, wrestling, guest host, manager, advocate, etc. What shoes are you wearing and what's the situation? Fantasy booking allowed. So Seth, as our resident sneakerhead, I'm going to toss this one to you. I'm going with uh, with Jordan ones, man. You know, you see the Bucks, they wrestle in them. They're a great shoe for doing business in. Some of the other ones, I'd be too worried about messing up. The Jordan ones still look good when they got some life on them, uh, creased up a little bit, you know, beat up and stuff. And they got a nice flat sole. You know, there's not any technology to them. They got a nice flat, stiff sole. So if you need to super kick somebody, um, they're going to be a solid base if you need to put somebody in a sharpshooter. So um, as far as actual combat ready uh, sneakers go, I think you can't go wrong with the Jordan one. Yeah, I think that's good. So you're going to so you're going in ring action. So you're going to be wrestling at WrestleMania in your Jordan ones. No, I see myself. You're going for performance. I see myself feeling like the Burt Reynolds role being like the special guest ring announcer for the main event. But you never know (laughs) when trouble is going to come calling and you got to step in the ring. So I'm going to be ready for whatever. Marco, you got any uh, any sneaker recommendations for for yourself at your your big WrestleMania debut? I don't even know. Uh, Dang. I think I would have to go with, uh, let me see. I'm going to go old school John Cena and go with the, uh, with the pumps, with the high top, high top pumps. (laughs) Um, Just so I could do the, uh, just so you could do the pumping motion. Yeah. Yeah. Just do that. Just, I mean, it it didn't do anything. I mean, if you've, if you've owned a pair of pumps back in the day, they, uh, they, didn't increase your chances of it literally just made them more cushy yeah that's all it did um, it made it a little bit more yeah. cushy when you were going. <laughs> yeah so it's such a stupid sometimes gimmick. they would break like the like the whatever that was inside the tongue would pop and then one one yeah would pump you have one, one like you'd be so. like you'd have a squeaky <laughs> shoe and you walk and be like tss, tss. yeah exactly so i mean yeah that's how i would do high, high tops the high top version though. going for some high top pumps yeah yeah i see myself in more of a uh you know not really an advocate role because i have a you know a a, a crazy phobia of like public speaking so i can't imagine like you know getting out and cutting promos in front of people but maybe like a valet situation you know and i'm gonna Mm. go with the um the uh, concord 11s just because i i'm convinced that uh that is what like they are inspired by bret hart's wrestling boots so you know i'm gonna go with that clean clean design you know always looking fresh you can dress them up you can dress them you know put them with your ring gear whatever you got going on so it's a it's a multifaceted shoe and uh so i'm gonna go with the concord 11s the bucks wrestling 11s also so good choice our our choices were young bucks approved exactly you know you get a little it'll get a little creasing on the sides of the toe box but you know I feel like that toe is really good for like a, you know, nice little kick to the gonads, you know, gives you a nice little extra protection. Um, so let's go with our buddy from over, over across the pond. He says, Philip done it. What have you, what have you lot got in store for the next 150? Okay. And thanks Harry year, Potter. I know it always cracks me up when he says what he, when he calls us you lot, um, it's, it's the most like, you know, UK thing ever. 
And uh, three-year anniversary, unless that's already passed by. Also, what celebrities would you give the Gronk treatment to and give them an elite? Has to be involved with uh, the WWE to avoid some weird rabbit hole. So I know this is a controversial answer, but I feel like we need it because he had a significant part in uh, I already know where in this WWE, is going. and obviously he had a very significant part in uh, real world. We need the Trump figure. We need to make it happen, man. You can't <laughs> tell me that thing would not fly off the shelves. I know it's, he's he's so controversial. Mattel probably wouldn't want to touch it with a 50-foot pole, but you can't tell WWE me. WWE doesn't shy away from controversy. Yeah, you can't tell me, true, in a, a, you know, at the maybe for next year's WrestleMania, if it was build a figure, Donald Trump, like, could you imagine the sales? Like, I think it'd be the biggest selling uh, oh, WrestleMania yeah. set of all time, man. Yeah, Because no, there'd be people that think of, so, you know, he's got his supporters that would want to get the figure to put it together and have, even if they're not wrestling fans. You got wrestling fans who probably like his, uh, you know, the stuff he had, because it was always, his stuff was entertaining. It was a very entertaining storyline. And then you got the people that hate him that would want to, uh, you know, grab it to do some funny photography or, <laughs> or do whatever, man. So, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think it'd be a cool figure that would just really, uh, um, really kind of capture that moment in time. Uh, quick story, Steve Austin on his podcast, he was asked about what it was like working with Trump. Cause remember Steve Austin was the guest referee at the battle of the billionaires match. And he said he was super easy to work with, man. He talked about uh, how the day of the, it wasn't until the day of the event that Vince got the idea that Trump should take the stunner. And as soon as they got brought up, I don't know if it was Trump's agent or manager or whoever started speaking up like, no, 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 no. Like that's can't, that can't happen. And uh, Stone Cold said that Trump like cut him off and like looked at Steve Austin and Vince and said, do you guys think it'll make the show better? And Vince was like, yeah. And Trump said, screw it. Let's do it. And that's how probably <laughs> probably the worst stunner we've ever seen in wrestling oh, yeah. history. That's how that went down. So, yeah, I think it'd be a cool figure. Um yeah, I, I know that's a controversial pick, but I just I think we need it in the line. Uh, Marco, how about you, man? Um, yeah, I mean, just a just a piggyback off of that. Uh, I mean, Stone Cold's the only person in, in in history to have a stunt of president. So yeah, I mean, I mean that's doesn't get can, more t- doesn't get more high yeah, profile than that exactly. Uh, but um, I'd probably go with. I'm surprised this hasn't happened yet. I'd probably go with Bad Bunny as the. Uh, I think we're as, getting as, that. With a figure. Yeah. I mean, it, he he actually came out with a recent interview and said something like, "You know, all his concerts, he never goes back and watches this, any yeah. of his concerts, but he watches his WrestleMania match constantly." Mm-hmm. Like, so like, good, like, man! He killed it, dude. Like he like he's like a legit like he's a wrestling. Obviously, he's a wrestling fan because you know the Booker T song, and then like in the video before that, he had actually Stone Cold was in one of his videos too. Um, so like he's a legit wrestling fan. I'm surprised. They haven't actually had him as a figure yet. That's kind of, I mean, Gronk obviously got his figure, but was a bad that bad bunny figure would probably be the number one selling, yeah, elite figure. One hundred percent. It would be hard, it would be hard to find because there's <laughs> so many bad bunny his, uh, fans that would buy it without like without mass, being wrestling they, fans. You know, yeah, they, they would mass produce that. They would have to like make mm-hmm. enough for everybody. I think they could bring some exclusive, whatever. I, uh, I'm thinking bigger. I'm thinking that could be your Comic Con exclusive one year, man. Mm. Yeah. Do some special yeah, packaging definitely. and stuff. I mean, look at how his uh, his WWE shop merch it flew, man. Like it was all sold yes. out within you know thirty minutes of going up on the site. Oh, yeah, so that, that's a great pick, Marco. My honor, my secondary choice, Lawrence Taylor from WrestleMania Eleven. Yeah, that's that definitely has to happen. We need that. I mean, he's a rest. I think he may be. He might be the only WrestleMania main eventer aside from uh, he who shall not be named that doesn't have uh, a figure. I think every other Mania main eventer has got an elite except for Lawrence Taylor. So, yeah, we need to make that happen. Uh, Sheen, yeah. how about you? 
Um, I, I'm still, I still want a Cindy Lauper figure. I think that would just be like mm. a really cool, um, you know, addition and kind of just a, it would be really unique. I don't know how many people out there are clamoring for a Cindy Lauper figure, but I mean, she's definitely iconic in the, uh, in the history of wrestling and, you know, all the, all the stuff with Captain Lou and Wendy Richter and all that kind of stuff. So Captain Lou's one of my most wanted right now. I say, get yeah. on Mattel creations. Let us fund that. Let's get a two pack Captain gonna, Lou and Cindy Lauper. That would be beautiful. Yeah. And right, Phil, real quick, away, just uh, to say, hold on real quick, just to say what we got in, uh, in store for the next 150 that sounds really crazy like three years from now like <laughs> what we think what we think could happen um just more just look at how much the show's changed just since and the yeah. first 150 so i think we'll, we're gonna continue to evolve i don't ever see us making any like drastic changes overnight mm-hmm. but we'll continue to tweet tighten it up and just try to give you guys the best thing possible That's uh, right. week after week opposite awesome. of the best thing possible let's talk about the biggest blunder of the Chick Foley show era. So this could be something that was either bad, sad, funny, ugly. I'll let you guys, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, you know, narrow you guys down too much. I'll leave this open to your interpretation. Uh, Sheena, you can go first. What was your biggest blunder in wrestling of the Chick Foley show era? I mean, again, I'm going to use my favorite word. I think we would be remiss not to just oh, start God. this off with, uh, you know, hell in a cell, Seth, a uh, Seth who just gave us one of the best hell in a cell matches, you know, um, also gave us one of the worst when he just, he went up against the fiend. It was a red light match. There was like a, a million curb stomps. I mean, and he killed him. He squashed the fiend. He literally he did. Yeah. He squashed the fiend. He started, he, he went to grab what he, he grabbed a toolbox or a hammer. I, I can't even, I yeah, like he black. smashed his head. He put a toolbox on top of his head and like smashed it with a hammer. I mean, yeah, it, the way he it was the way he beat Edge Madison Square Garden. That's what he did to the Fiend. I mean, I don't, yeah. he never really got the full credit for it because the ref ended up just stopping the match. But I mean, yeah, he hit him with like over a dozen curb stomps, and like yeah. the, the last five minutes of the match is him just wailing on the Fiend. Um, yeah, and somehow we were supposed. To, I don't know. Somehow it made both guys seem less after that match. So yeah, that that was just horrible booking. Yeah, terrible. So I mean, I think that's you know, there's probably been other things that have happened that may have been more significant. I don't, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if there's even been anything. That's pretty that's significant. Been Seth more was on a two-year run as being the biggest babyface in the business, and yeah. that one match basically killed it overnight. And, the, and even it, I mean, f- and it killed the fiend. Like I yeah, think it, it like really down, yeah. killed the fiend. You know. And the it made fiend, us question, like, been, what is the fiend? Even what? What even is he? You know, yeah, like he should have been a this? special attraction. He, he never needed the belt, man. He yeah. just should have been something that we see a thousand percent at the big events. Like pick somebody, you know, stalk somebody in the little Firefly Funhouse videos, and we should see the fiend at like Survivor Series, Mania, the Rumble, and SummerSlam, and that was it. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we we could do a whole episode on the debacle of that match. Uh, Marco, what's your pick? Man, yeah, you'd be remiss. I mean, there's a few. I was gonna go with like the. I was gonna go with uh, Rollins, uh, Rollins versus the Mysterios. I was gonna go with that because that was kind of. I mean, it was. Oh my gosh, it was kind of a, not really a fail, but I mean, we get to see the debut of you know Dominic and you know how he's come along and stuff like that. But I'm gonna go with uh, one of something we don't remember a lot of is the Who Killed Roman. Oh, who tried to kill Roman? Oh my gosh, with Eric, the Eric Rowan. Rowan oh yeah. my gosh, <laughs> with, with the uh, scaffolding. Yes, doing an interview with Caleb Braxton and the scaffolding almost fell on him. Then he almost got ran over by a car. And yeah, yeah, that, that was uh, I, that always comes to mind as like probably one of the worst 
Yeah. I was gonna, I was going to say Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank, uh, where Rey Mysterio gets thrown over the roof. Yeah, I was going to say that on but, Monday Night Raw. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of entertaining in, in the sense because it was cinematic. But I'm going to just overall, I'm going to go with the uh, Who Tried to Kill Roman storyline because that went obviously nowhere. Yeah, um, and it was just it was just corny. Yeah, that was, was bad. bad. I got I got to <laughs> think that maybe they were trying to like bring somebody in and it just didn't work out, and that's why they ended up pivoting <laughs> to just the. Bizarre story. Ooh, actually, uh, you know what? Runner up, uh, honorable mention, Retribution. Uh, oh, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> they were, that was, uh, they were even, getting hyped yeah, up as like just... a main event gimmick, and it just fell <sighs> so flat, man. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, bad. To me, I got to go with one from earlier this year, the ending to the exploding barbed wire death match. I had that honorable mention. Yeah. John. Yeah, this would have right. been bad anyways, just the complete lack of explosion at the end of mm-hmm. it after it was so hyped up. But it really sucked because I think they had it booked perfectly with Eddie Kingston, who had been in a really intense feud with Mox, coming out to save his old friend. Um, I think that just would have been a really, really crazy moment and like super emotional if the explosion would have been what it was supposed to be. But obviously it was a dud and... It just ended up being weird. You know, it was like a, a wet fart at the end of the night and nobody really knew exactly. what the hell was going on. They tried to laugh it off and yeah, total blunder. So that that's my pick for uh, for worst botch of the last three years. Uh, let's dig back in that mailbag, Sheen. What else we got? All right. Johnny JB says, have you ever unexpectedly found a figure you were looking for in a store that you least expected? Uh, for example, find a fig in the dollar store or something like that. Have you ever found, like, where's your most, like, unsuspected place that you found a figure that you actually purchased and needed for for your collection? Seth, you have, like, a freaking photographic memory of this kind of stuff, so. Yeah, I would any- say, so I didn't even know that they had Elites at Walgreen, and then I ended up finding the entire set of Elite 45 there. I stopped, I can't remember why I stopped, I stopped at the, the Walgreens, it was basically, like, in the middle of Honolulu to pick up something. And I just happened to walk down the toy aisle and there was an open box in front of the uh, toy section. And I'm like, holy shit, it was Elite 45. So that was the Dudleys, uh, the Narcissist Lex Luger. There was a Roman in there. It was Seth in the white gear and uh, Lord Stephen Regal, William Regal's gimmick in WCW. I was able mm-hmm. to get all those in one fell swoop at Walgreens. And I ended up, Walgreens ended up kind of being my honey hole in Hawaii yeah. there for a while. They, uh, I think because they were getting less figures in, they were able to get them earlier than like Walmart or target. So that was kind mm-hmm. of from like series 45 up through like 55. Um, Walgreens was my go-to spot for elites in Hawaii. So yeah, that's it for me. Marco, how about you? Uh, I don't not I don't really have any, uh, ones that I like kind of stumbled upon. Maybe the only one I can think of is maybe at, uh, was that a Burlington? Uh, co factory. factory, yeah, co factory, yeah. They're gonna uh, like the way you look. Yeah, yeah they they I had know, that's uh, men's like, warehouse. Yeah, they had, <laughs> yeah, wrong, yeah, wrong, uh, wrong uh, place. But uh, they had a, they have like the, they have like a toy section, and I uh, found a um, the the festival of friendship. Um, oh set yeah, yeah, with uh, with um, you know, Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens, like the whole set, and they, they didn't have, really have any like. Uh, a bunch of figures it was just like they had a bunch of those for some some odd reason yeah that's um, kind of find it there that was in like the dying days of toys r us when those dropped so yeah. i think like there are a lot of those that would have went to toys r us just ended up going to random places you made yeah. me think of it elite 51 those showed up at tj maxx like yes. at the same time they were hitting walmart and stuff i remember at the tj maxx by our house in hawaii we found that we got we ended up getting them for a giveaway on uh i think just on the ig account because the yeah. chick foley show wasn't even a thing it wasn't yet, a thing so, yet no um 
this is like, they're still hot. Like they're the newest set on ringside. We had found the ones that we needed at the Walmart by our house, like maybe just a couple days before. And then we hop into TJ Maxx and the entire set is on the pegs and they're like $9.99. So we bought up the whole store and we did some giveaways on, uh, on Sheena's IG account for those. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those the discount store, Big Lots, TJ Maxx, you know, Marshalls, places like that. Marshalls, Always yeah. check the toys, man, because that overstock stuff, it can go to the most random places. We know the uh, the famed flashback set um, that was Walmart exclusive. You guys can see Harley Race over my left shoulder if you're watching on uh, YouTube right now. Um, those were those all ended up going to Canadian overstock. There's some dude, there's some Canadian guy on eBay that has made probably over ten thousand bucks in the last two years because oh, yeah, he definitely. is con- he has just been constantly putting new um, flashback series three figures up on eBay. So mm-hmm. yeah, check your overstock stores. You never know. Yeah, what's remember when be all the retros, all the retros were at Ollie's for a long time. You know, like yeah, they, yeah. Five Below, Five Below was like the spot to go five for below. retros. Yeah, oh yeah, so. Five Below had them too. That's right. That's yeah, right. check those stores, man. Because yeah, like I said, the the overstock stuff it goes far and wide. You never know where it's going to show up at. All right. Next question comes in from Jason Cook. He says, "Would you like for someone to make older wrestling figures in six-inch forms of uh, in six-inch form of wrestlers from Mid South, AWA, NWA, etc.? If so, who are some of the ones you would like? I would love to see the fabulous ones: Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express, Handsome Jimmy Valiant." And Austin Idol, just to name a few. Well, way to leave some meat on the bone for us, Jason. <laughs> so I assume he's talking elite scale, which I think elites are actually seven inch scale instead of six inch scale. Um, I'll, I'm not going to. Uh, yeah, I won't name off every wrestler from Mid-South. I love that. You know, I used to go to that stuff. We, we lived in Memphis from 1990 to 1993 when I was a kid. So there were a lot of Monday nights. My dad would take me and my little brother to the Mid-South Coliseum uh, to watch some, some USWA Um if I could have one pick of uh, some wrestlers to get in elite form, I'd go with the Moon Dogs, man. Moon Dog Spot and Moon Dog Rex. Those guys were super toyetic with the the white, the shaggy white hair and like the cut off denim shorts. And I just think that'd be a really, really cool tag team to have from uh, from USWA. Marco, I know you're a Mid South fan. Uh, who would you want to see? Oh yeah, I was, I was actually about to say that. Yeah, yeah. I was I was thinking maybe like a Butch Reed from uh, from Mid South. Yeah, That'd Butch be cool. Reed would be awesome. Uh, maybe even a JYD, like, a, like J- uh, a mid-south version of JYD. Yeah, like because he was freaking Jack back in the day. Like that. I mean, he was obviously he was like he was like Hogan for them uh, for mid-south. Yeah, so he, he's the he biggest baby face they had, man. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, no, definitely the Butch Reed. I think would be a would would be a really cool elite um, if that ever came around. And maybe they could, you know, do a. Uh, actually, no, that's it. Yeah, just a just a Butch Reed. Sheen, you got to say for this one. But- I do not have a picture. So I got one more. <laughs> we could get Kane when he was the Unabomber. You guys remember that? Ooh, that's he a good had, like one. the Jason Voorhees mask. Like, yeah, I think that would be awesome. Yeah. I would even Kane, take a Dusty. Kane always has the best uh, one-off figs, dude. Kane oh, yeah. is the, he's the one-off king. Um, I would even take like a, a Dusty Rhodes in the Mid-South. Yeah, um, that'd be cool. Even maybe do a three-pack with um, – when he, he, refereed, he actually refereed a match with um, JYD and Butch Reed. Yeah. Um, it's actually it's on it's on it's on Peacock. If you got, if, I'm actually I'm not, I haven't even checked to see if any mid south stuff is on there. But if it is, uh, definitely check it out. It's pretty awesome. But um, yeah, um, obviously One more we could, get, uh, we could get stunning Steve awesome. Austin. We could get stunning Steve Austin with the long blonde hair and like the tie dye, uh, <sighs> like you know, like the Billy Gun booty shorts. Is, yeah. like, the gear he was rocking. Yeah, that'd be cool too. Be cool. Johnny JB comes in with another one. He says, "Best Halloween candy." You can only choose one, so choose wisely. 
So I'm assuming this is like either, you know, a snack size, something you would get trick or treating. Um, We've had this debate before on, I think like maybe last year, like what constitutes Halloween candy? Because like you can get all of these types of candy all year round, like most of the time, you know, but obviously like, you know, they're in fun size or snack size or I'm going to go, I'm going to go Laffy Taffy, even though, yeah, like you said, it's available year round. I feel like I mostly only see Laffy Taffy at Halloween time, so. I'm yeah, I, I, like I, I love taffy. watermelon, like the big watermelon Laffy Taffy. But yeah, the only time, the only other time of year that I eat Laffy Taffy is uh, is Halloween. So yeah. yeah, Marco, you got a favorite Halloween candy? Dang, not really. I mean, what? How do I mean, you not it's, have it's, a favorite? I love all candies. That's why all all the all the mostly chocolate uh candies but yeah that's me um in hawaii it was always so tricky because like you know i always love to buy the chocolates you know i love to buy like you know i would buy like full-size bars at costco you know for people who had the best halloween costumes and stuff and of course then i got all the like hershey's and mars and like all those kind of candies you know like you don't i come correct with the with the good candies at our house but hawaii was like so hot on halloween like it was tricky i'm like ah hurry up take it home like don't let it melt you know yeah, I am um, a fan of the. I am a fan of Hershey's, like the tiny, like the 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 Hershey's. The, oh, I can, the, I can uh, smash some Hershey's. of those, dude. Like the, yeah. just the, even just the regular old Hershey bars, you know, uh, just like oh, yeah. the plain chocolate. Like I can, I could crush those. The special dark. Oh my gosh, so Definitely. good. Let's, uh, let's do another chicky. Let's give away the best figure of the Chick Fil A show era. Sheena, you can okay. go first. The best figure. This is this is tough too. Um, I really loved both. I mean, there's been so many great figures and we've had so many great lines emerge since we started. Um, I'm going to stay with Mattel, I think. Um, I don't know. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I really like Aleister Black. I don't know if I can, I can't decide if I like his NXT figure more than I like his Elite, it was 85, right? Elite 85? Elite 85 was the newest one, but he had one that was in Elite, I want to say like 72 or 73. The one that's in the gray trunks. I think that's the best Aleister Black figure. That's my favorite I don't one. remember that one. I mean, let me think. Let me go back. But yeah, I, I really love both. I think those were the first figures. I remember getting, because the, the NXT one was first, and I remember getting that figure and like taking it out and just being like blown away by the level of detail with the tattoos, how amazing they did with the head scan and just being like, dude, they freaking nailed this figure you know um and obviously we know alistair black is going to get a freaking killer um unrivaled figure coming up or is it unmatched or unrivaled one of the jazz well, alistair black's not going to get one malachi black will though malachi right. black yes <laughs> you're right you're right malachi black is going to get is going to get a new <laughs> figure um so yeah the man always all of his figures are are incredible so that was just the first one that came to mind because there's so many like i mean you could literally rattle off like you know 20 amazing figures that were just like unbelievable uh, from 2018 to, to, to current day. But uh, I'm going to go with Aleister Black. Marco, what's your pick? Oh, man, this is it. It's tough. It's all it's all subjective. We're mm-hmm. in the golden age, man. The Chick fil A show era yeah. has been the golden age of wrestling figures. Dang. Yeah, it's so hard. It's definitely hard to pick what figure was the best. Because it's like, man. is it your favorite? Like, is it your favorite character? Yeah, is this, it your favorite? This, is, our, this you know? is your personal best. So, you know, it's not the Oscars. You don't got to pick like whatever the artsiest or whatever the best executed you know is the best to you marco what what is your best figure oh man I'm a, then I, I was gonna go to my my most innovative figure which is which is uh <laughs> orange cassidy always just it it hasn't been done yet they has no the, the hands in the pockets it just yeah. yeah it just does it the uh the removable jacket like i said i wish they you could take the jacket off and the shirt was you know there too as well you could take the shirt off but no definitely i mean 
just for innovation alone, uh, that's that's probably my favorite figure. And it's- well, since we're just since we're jumping to just like what our personal favorite is, this was the one I was having a hard time choosing between because I was really going with the one that like stood out to me and just this one was super yeah. memorable, like looking at it. And it was between that and Ruby Riot, like that same NXT series produced a Ruby <laughs> Riot figure that was just freaking yeah, phenomenal, that was amazing. He's yeah, right there I- over my uh, right shoulder. Yeah, that I absolutely love that figure. But if I'm just going with like personal favorite figure that just made me like, you know, be like, oh my God, this is the best. I can't wait to open this. It was definitely Luchasaurus. That was oh, like, yeah. you know, I yeah. mean, yeah. we one, it's super unique. We've never gotten a dinosaur like wrestling figure before. Um, so yeah, Luchasaurus was definitely one that like, you know, stole my heart. And, um, you know, whether you think it's the best, you know, executed figure or whatever, um, I, I, just, I love that figure so much. Yeah, for me, I would go with uh, Ultimate Edition Bret Hart. The uh, the Ultimate started off with Ronda Rousey and Ultimate Warrior, which were good. Those were two really good figures, but it was when I got that Series 2 Bret Hart that I really was like hook, line, and sinker like in on, on this yeah. line. Um, just a great figure. It was the best Bret jacket we've ever gotten with the, yeah. uh, the detachable arms. Um, his jackets are always so detailed that, yeah, the, just the actual plastic works better for that instead of soft goods. Um, and I just love that figure. So yeah, Ultimate Edition Brett is my favorite of uh, the Chick Fil A show era. Uh, what other questions we got, Sheen? All right, we got one from our buddy In Ring Art, our buddy Justin Frank. He says, "What does Sami Zayn got to do to get another elite figure?" Um, spoiler alert: We're recording this on Friday night, and I just saw somebody. I saw a message come through because I get notifications on my phone. And it said Sami Zayn. It's funny that we're answering this question tonight because it said Sami Zayn came out and he has new entrance music. So oh, I'm curious. Man. To, His music's so iconic. Dude. I know oh, people. Oh. It, it was not a good. It, everybody was like, "No, they changed Sami's entrance the, uh, music." That's a theme so. song for how many chicks, man? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, R.I.P. Uh, Sami Zayn's entrance music. Uh, but yeah, what, what what's the man got to do to get another elite figure? We need a conspiracy theorist. Uh, Sami Zayn. His last yeah. one just warmed so hard, man. Like it ended up on, I think it was selling for like a dollar ninety nine on Ringside's uh, Christmas sale. So mm. that probably shied Mattel away. You know, I think Sami's got a, a small but strong following. He has changed up his look though with the grown out hair and different gear and stuff. So it could happen. Doesn't look it, like a straight newsy. Yeah. What? what yeah. He, the problem <laughs> is that to really execute a good Sami Zayn figure. Um, you need like a, a two pack, man. Maybe he could get a basic and a battle pack that comes with a generic cameraman. You know, he needs his documentary crew yes. following him around mm-hmm. with the cameras and stuff to re- to really make it work. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of good on my Sami Zayn figures. I, I, if we don't get another one, I can live with it. But uh, but yeah, there there is. I, I could see some cool executions for a new Sami Zayn elite. All right. Zach Hertzler coming in and says, now that AEW has made two different LJN style figures, Seth's favorite wrestler, Cody, as well as Darby, would you like to see them do some Hasbro style figures? Um, If so, which wrestlers would you like to see them make? Marco, you want some, uh, you know, retro Hasbro uh, AEW figures? Of course, you have to. I mean, obviously, you have to go Cody first. He's oh, first. Well, yeah, that's, that goes without saying. That, that's already. That, that, I think that's. I think that was in his contract. He has to be in the first series of every single thing that gets launched. So, uh, that, I definitely think a retro, uh, a retro Darby Allen would be pretty cool. Um, maybe like a spring action one. I'm not sure what they can. I'm not sure how the patents are with with the with that type of uh, figure. Yeah. So, so they have to like you know figure figure that out. But. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely Darby Allen. Um, uh, we spoke about him earlier. Luchasaurus would be pretty awesome as well. That'd be a pretty cool retro style figure. Um, 
rethink who else. I mean, don't see I think everybody, snap. dude. I think it would be. I think it would be cool. I mean, there's so many toyetic. Uh, yeah. You know, Luchasaurus is the one that they got to do. He's got to yeah. be the first oh, one. You know, I, I want to pose my my Luchasaurus retro next to my Ricky the Dragon Steamboat Hasbro. And just, and just think let if them they be did buddies. if they did Marco, he would actually be in true scale with the Unrivaled. You know, <laughs> yeah, they would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's give out our chicky for the best wrestler of the Chick Foley Show era. Mm. So this should be interesting. I'm 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 really intrigued to see who you guys pick. Sheena, you can go first. So this is tough because there's there's so many amazing people that have emerged in the last few years um, and had some really high moments, but I've got to go with my man, Adam Cole. I mean, no one has been as consistently great as Adam Cole. I mean, he cemented his legacy as like an NXT triple crown champ. He's a leader of arguably like one of the most dominant factions in WWE modern history, you know, and, and now he's transitioned to AEW where, you know, he immediately became relevant and we have yet to see, you know, in the words of Michael Scott, how high he can fly over there um so yeah i gotta go with adam cole since we're just talking about from 2018 to, to current i feel like adam cole has been the the most consistently beloved and consistently great um over that that period of time okay interesting choice that was not uh one of the ones at the top of my list so yeah adam cole marco who do you got dang oh man this is this is hard this is rough um you should, I, I, I want to pick a safe one like Adam Cole because I didn't want to. I don't want to delve into the uh, the the, <laughs> the two we spoke. The, yeah, the yeah. two we spoke about last week. But um, man, I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, I'm just gonna call back from last week because I know Seth's probably gonna pick this other person, so I'll go with this this person instead. I'm gonna go with Kenny Omega as uh, as wrestler of the uh, the the 150th the three years. In the 150th episode, mainly because where he started um, in AEW um, um, started at the bottom, pretty much like not you know, yeah, no title matches. He no, humbled just, himself for sure. Humbled himself, losing left, not not losing left and right, but like you know, lower scale matches, like Ma- lower, managing managing a horrendous AEW's women's division. Women's division yes, doing that. Um, yeah, and then you know, just you may as well slowly sleep in the bathrooms. No, exactly. Yeah, um, and then slowly but surely, you know, you know, winning the AEW Tag Team Championships with uh, with um, Hangman, uh, Hangman Adam Page, and then you know, going up from there. Like he literally started from like, like I said from the bottom and worked his way up to where he's supposed to be. And we always thought like he should have, you know, from the hit the ground running. I'm Kenny Omega, I'm the main star of AEW, but that wasn't the plan, obviously. Um, and I think he's proven that you know, if if you didn't know who you, who he was. Like then, you do know Kenny Omega now for sure. Just with the you know the matches that he's had and the conversations that he's been in with, obviously with with Roman Reigns. Like who's the best out of these two? Like he's in that conversation. Like you say Roman Reigns, the other person is Kenny Omega. So like you can't. You, it's kind of yeah. like you can't talk about one without the other now. Yeah. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Kenny on that one. All right, good you get that turnbuckle. I went with Kenny on, on the. Uh, <laughs> Don't kill me. I, I think I'm about to get turnbuckle H A R D hard. Uh, I'm probably gonna surprise <laughs> both of you guys. My pick for the best wrestler of the Chick Foley Show era is Cody Rhodes. I think oh, the guy. What? He, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I need to like clear my headphones real quick because I know I didn't just hear what I thought I said. No. I feel like Cody I'm Rhodes. Not, like, what is this? Cody's what the is man. This? I feel like you I'm guys, getting punked. Where's the freak is that? Like. You guys this have heard how much I've uh, how how much I've hated on Cody. 
but I'm talking overall impact to the business. Cody is the driving force behind the creation of all elite wrestling. Uh, that's definitely been far and away the biggest development of the Chick Foley show era. And if it wasn't for him, it never would have happened. You know, he brought the, the kind of the, the, you know, he had the vision, Tony Khan had the money and they made it happen. He went out and recruited Kenny and the Bucks and Hangman to get this thing started. If it wasn't for him, I think it's, you know, it's 50 50. Those guys would either still be in New Japan or, you know, they might be in WWE right now doing God knows what. Um, yeah. And Can you I imagine think the Bucks in WWE? Wow. Yeah. Even though Cody, <laughs> it, you know, obviously this isn't in ring. Wow. I'm not a huge fan of Cody's in ring stuff. His in ring stuff is decent. The character, I don't, I really don't care for it. But as far as overall impact to the business, um, Cody's already a legend, you know, he probably I'm top shook. 10 all time on impact to, to the business with what he's done with the creation of AEW. And like I said, he, I think it was his vision, um, that, that got these guys to come and make it happen and take the chance on starting a, uh, a second promotion. And not only did they start it, they got dealt a really, really shitty hand because the pandemic kicked off basically six months after AEW was starting out, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. nobody would have batted an eye if when all that was, was going down, if AEW said, you know what, we got to either just fold or we're going to have to put this thing on pause for a couple years ago, but they adjusted. I, in a lot of ways, I think even better than WWE did their product was still sure. pretty compelling. Um, both creatively and just visually, you know, it just, it looked great every single week when you turned, when you tuned in, even though it wasn't, a jam pack audience. And I think Cody deserves a lot of credit for that. You know, I, I, I give all the success AEW's had, um, to me, it, it's Tony Khan and Cody kind of neck and neck at the top for who, who gets the most credit for that. So for that reason, yeah, Cody is my, uh, my top wow. wrestler. I, the Chick I think that's, era. A, that's wow. a shocker. I'm shocked. I cannot wait. I literally cannot wait to hear the Foley fam commentary on this pick. yeah this is uh <laughs> this is I, i'm like i can't even speak anymore this, this is one week only is... i'm going back to hating on cody next week man that's part of my that's part of my gimmick wow. but I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna give credit where credit's due i'm glad you guys were I, I i thought you guys would be surprised by that so i'm digging the yeah. reaction but uh i know yeah i think i, out of my chair. I know like, i need i need cody i need cody to listen to this episode and not all the previous episodes I mean, he, you know what i mean he did put over he did put over the video on twitter and, he did I yeah mean, he the, did uh the chick fully unboxing of his yeah, of he one did of his thousand that. figures yeah. <laughs> all right let's mm. get a couple more questions Shane, before we wrap this thing up all right well this is our last question and it comes in from our main man from the coming down the aisle podcast john swallow and it kind of goes into our last chicky bone Bony uh, bone yeah yeah bony con um frequent uh you know, side hustle guest on the uh, in the turnbuckle uh, turnbuckle verse or the tavern verse, I guess I should say. It says, "What has been some of your top moments in the 150 episodes of the Chick Foley podcast?" Man, he kind of uh, he kind of bit on our last chicky, so the That's last chicky was going to be well, favorite uh, Chick Foley show memory. Yes, so, we'll just, so I'm going to say I'm we'll going to answer John's it. question, and I'm going to say when when J Bone joined us on the Chick Foley show podcast, that was definitely a, a top yeah, moment. He killed it. Yeah, he killed he killed his guest hosting gig on the on the chick foley show so um i gotta give a big shout out to to our main man john and uh yeah so that I, that will answer his question and then we will get into our last chicky and we'll kind of talk about our favorite chick foley show memory all right yeah we'll save you for last on this one she marco you can go first man what's your favorite uh chick foley show memory oh man i don't even know uh probably i mean 
me gracing the show with my presence. <laughs> probably the best memory. I, no, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> um, man, I don't know. Definitely, it, it, it's probably just that. Just like just joining the show is probably like. My, yeah, that's a good answer, like, man. Yeah, just starting off from like you know just being like the uh, like the the stat guy. Not shout out the stat guy, Greg. Just being that like. Uh, person that like feeds the information a little bit and then yeah you know working my way on to like actually being like kind of like a personality on the show and stuff like that so yeah no definitely uh definitely that just me just coming, coming into the and, fold man yeah just you know making my presence known essentially oh yeah Seth? for me uh i gotta go with the with the the formation of the pod foundation man when we kind of had this uh this idea that Let's link arms with some other podcasts that we're we're fond yeah. of and have similar views of uh, other wrestling business and the podcast game to us and uh, extra cooler. We had we had a prior relationship with him, so that that was easy. But then reaching out to Turnbuckle Tavern, getting those guys in the fold, it's just been it's been so great. You know, we we did it as a originally it started off as a way to just collectively kind of increase our platform. But, and cross promote, mm-hmm. yeah, and cross promote yep. stuff. But it's really grown into just friendship and collaboration. You know, we we got an amazing group chat. I'd love to find a way to go back and maybe just like get a giant printout of uh, the, you know, the running group chat, yes. maybe like the first year of the Pod Foundation, and just print it out. You know, so everybody <laughs> go back and read because oh it's pretty fucking lit in our group chat. Just all the <laughs> all the discussion, the arguments, and just bouncing ideas off each other and just the level of support, you know, you you guys have heard a lot of collaboration. They've all been on our shows. We've been on their shows. It's been a ton of fun. And uh, we love those guys, the extra cooler and the survivor series team over there, the two yeah. bad chads and all the extended cast of the, the OG fig kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love those guys. So yeah, that that's probably my favorite thing about it uh, is, is that we've got this, uh, this extended family now for the, for the chick Foley show. And Shane, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll let you wrap it up. 100%. I co-sign. I co-sign on both your favorite memories because those are some of my favorite memories as well. And uh, I'm going to say my favorite chick Foley show memory was uh, last year. You know, we just far exceeded, exceeded our um, toy drive donations that we were, you know, that we set out to, which was so, so much fun and so cool. And like, it was cool that we got to partner with Jazzwares, you know, uh, thanks to our friend, Jeremy Padauer, uh, he, he got us hooked up with Jazzwares and they made a very, very generous donation to the Chick-fil-A show Toy Drive and we donated all that to Toys for Tots. And, you know, as much as I love wrestling and as much as I love to get on here and talk and, you know, bullshit with you guys and, you know, do all the things, um, just actually getting out there and making a difference and especially making a difference for kids at Christmas time. Like it is just one of my, one of my favorite things. So being able to do that and deliver all those toys, um, you know, thanks to you guys and all of your contributions, uh, it, that, that was probably one of my, one of my highlights for sure for the, for the Chick-fil-A show. Hell yeah. We ended up having to get a U-Haul to, uh, take yeah. everything over. 100%. Uh, so that's it. That's a wrap for episode 150, three years of the Chick-fil-A show. Uh, we'll, we'll close that as always. Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. You can find Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show and come be a part of our amazing Foley fam. Get into the fold, join all the fun. Uh, we just always have something going on over there, and it is literally the best group of marks on the interwebs. So join it at chickfoleyshow.com. Hell yeah. Reminder, uh, shoot a screenshot to Marco or Sheena showing that you listen to this week's podcast for a chance to win. First time in the line, Damian Priest. 
Um, and now it's Marco's chance to uh, to get a little streak going. Sheena stumped me last week. We're Sheena's <laughs> been bringing the the heat, man. She's been working stiff on these uh, trivia questions. We're yet to get a streak going, Marco. I'm actually rooting for you, man. Even though we're we're in a little bit of low key competition, I want to see you get two. I, I want to see you get the two straight. It starts with this week, man. Let's see if you can <laughs> uh, get. Yeah, let's see if you can get the first one right. Sheena hit okay. Marco with his trivia question. All right, this one says. Who did Hulk Hogan eliminate to win the 1991 Royal Rumble? Did we just do a uh, we just did a watch along on this, didn't we? Did yeah. we? Did we? Do I remember a watch this along one. Yeah, we did. It was mm-hmm. a, it was a little ways mm-hmm. back. Yeah, I, I, I know this one, so I'm oh ready. To, I'm God. ready to steal. It's it's, uh, it's escaping <laughs> me right now. Why is it escaping <laughs> me? Come on, Marco. I have faith in you. Don't let don't let Seth steal this one from you, man. Ninety one. 91. Was it Mr. Perfect? Nope, that was 90, man. That was 90. Good guess. 91 was the... This was basically the blow-off to their feud. The final two in the 91 Rumble was Hulk Hogan and Earthquake. Earthquake! That's right. I was was off a year. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah, it's funny because you know we 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 went ahead and agreed on all these trivia questions that we weren't going to do any multiple choice, and Mister nah, Perfect was hour. yeah, Mister Perfect was one of the yeah. multiple choice. The multiple choice were Mister Perfect, Sergeant Slaughter, and Earthquake. Were yeah, the three. that was a good oh, guess, yeah. Marco. No, no shit yeah. in that guess, man. Dang, but yeah, off one year off. Was, yeah. All right, I'll get us. I'll get straight getting started next week, Marco. Don't sweat <laughs> it. We're gonna we're gonna get over on Sheena on this thing, man. But yeah, she's bringing some heat. But yeah, you should. We did just watch that one, man. I, I figured you would have known that one. Ah, damn it. <laughs> Very upset. Uh, Sheena, you got any closing thoughts for the listeners on episode 150? Yes. Thank you guys so much for supporting us through 150 episodes, all the bonus episodes, all the ups and downs of life that we've been through and overcome to bring you guys this content week in and week out. Thank you for showing love on the Instagram account, the Twitter account, the, in our Foley fam group, and all the ways that you do. We love you. We appreciate you. And uh, cheers to the next 150. Hell yeah.